are you feeling jazzed up? Christy yeah. sounds very low energy this af- this afternoon or this oh, evening. I am. <laughs> so were you were you hanging really bad this morning? That's why I wanted to do the twelve o'clock. Because I wanted to like have hang hung over Christy on the podcast. <laughs> I thought it would have been very entertaining. Nope. nope, I didn't have a hangover. No. Did you throw I up? Only, you had um, no, I didn't. Break. I didn't even. I didn't even throw up. Oh, it's like it's a, that was her birthday present from the universe. I know. <laughs> I only had three beers. Really? Oh yeah, I was tanked. <laughs> I had. Uh, I think I had three beers because I brought six, and all of your friends immediately drank all the moosehead I brought. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, when they I started handing out drinks. Well, I brought six because I'm like six is okay. Like I can drive after six after like uh, in a four or five hour span kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm totally fine. And I'm like, uh, so I, I, Mark was like, oh, I'll take those and put them in the fridge for you. I'm like, okay, you put them in the crisper. And then when like just as you were kind of getting there, like we were kind of handing out drinks so we could all start have something in our hand when you showed up, kind of thing. And yeah. um, like I, I took a moose head and kind of walked back into the into your dining room area, kind of thing. And uh-huh. then when they then called going out, and the then table. I going out on the table, yeah. Um, and then when I walked back in, because they were like, "Oh, Christy's coming," so I kind of walked back in. And I looked in, and I saw like four moose heads in the room that weren't in my hand. And I was like, "Well, I guess those go there. Go my beers." <laughs> you could have taken from all of our other beer. We have so much I know, I, beer. I had, no, I had a couple of the other ones. I just like I brought the moose head because like that way I knew it was mine and like that's what I was drinking. And then I had like the six, and that was like my my mental kind of thing so yeah no i thought it was um oh god i was so shocked i had no idea i was so shocked that's pretty funny all right um since i can not hear tim i think he's been talking and not hearing him at all uh why don't we get the episode started so thanks for joining us everybody this is dance robot dance episode 35 i'll edit that afterward the fact um it's like a nice late (laughs) sunday evening recording for us um I'm here with uh, Tim, I think. Tim, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. I was muted because I was chewing. I didn't want to be fucking chewing in your ears. Yeah, I really (laughs) really enjoy that so much. Um, And uh, birthday girl Christy's here. Birthday girl Christy! How's that different than normal Christy? She's had three I'm happier. (laughs) Older. Older and wiser. wiser. Yeah. I don't know about wiser, definitely older. I'm something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how are you guys doing this week? You guys uh, keeping busy? Yeah, I had, a, I had a very busy but very nerdy week, which we'll talk about in a bit when we get to our Geeks of the Week, but it was really good. I got to go to Orlando for work, which is the like basically the one place I've been really hoping to get a work trip to since I started this job like a year That's- ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Orlando, <laughs> I love you. The fuck is that? From um, Book of Mormon. Oh, okay. He's that's all. That's the only place in the world he wants to go on his mission trip is Orlando, Florida. He ends up going to Africa. It's <laughs> <Nice. sighs> yeah. exciting. Yeah. Oh, the Mormons! I don't work for Mormons anymore. I feel pretty Lighter. good about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good about that. All right, so why don't we just break like right into the news then? Because there's like there's not a oh. lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, do you have something you want to say, Christy? Oh, I just wanted to say I was busy too. I was in a play. <laughs> yeah, and how was yeah. what play was it? And um, where? I, 
It was my friend Claudia's, and she wrote it for a thesis presentation for um, her theater thesis, and uh, she had to write and produce a play. I did the same thing when I was there. And um, I played a mother with major depressive disorder. That sounds so it was like fun. Yeah, it was actually was a lot of fun. Like, not the actual, you know... Uh, portraying someone who has a legitimately real and upsetting disease but um the fact that i got to act like it was one of those plays where you're like yes this is acting and like i just acting. felt like I was, exactly the whole time i was like oh yeah yeah was that yeah. how you did it though you weren't acting like that were you no <laughs> that would not have been very convincing i have major depressive yeah, disorder chew, chewing up chewing up all the fucking scenery Yep. No, I just felt good. It was like, you know, sometimes when, Tim, you probably get this, when you um, are in a play and you just like, it just feels like fucking amazing. Because you're like, yes, this is like, everybody thinks I'm like, everyone thinks I'm great. And I feel great. And the audience is loving this. And we're connecting. And it's magical. And I'm happy. Yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. So that was fun. But yeah, why don't we just jump into the news if Mark has nothing else to talk about. Uh, no, because we can get into all of my stuff later. All I've been doing is playing Zelda and uh, attending your birthday this week. So, um, so we we had two unfortunate passings like today and yesterday. I don't know if Tim uh, saw yeah. any of this stuff. So it Chuck did. Berry died like yesterday at ninety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of like the the guy who pretty much invented rock and roll. Oh, well, yeah. stole it from. I guess he stole it from Marty McFly. But yeah, like, I was gonna say Marty McFly. <laughs> Um, so he passed away, I think it was yesterday. I wasn't really yeah. super clear on the thing yesterday. And then uh, comic book artist Bernie Wrightson passed away of brain cancer yesterday at 68 as well. So, uh, he yeah, was the that, creator that of... that one was a little more rough. Well, for yeah. me, because, I mean, Chuck Berry was fucking 90. 90, yeah, exactly. But, so, so he's... Uh, but he, 68 brain cancer, like, he created Swamp Thing, or co-created Swamp Thing. Uh, it was a yeah, massively influential... Yeah, was a super influential artist in the horror kind of comic genre and stuff like that. Like he's yeah. done tons and tons of stuff. Um, I actually have, I'm not sure if he wrote a book or if he wrote like a, a blurb or something like that, that I used to look at a lot when I was learning how to draw. But he, uh, he did a lot of stuff like instructional stuff for like how to draw atmospherically and stuff like that. He's a very talented guy. So it's a big, yeah. it's a big loss. Yeah. Definitely very unique style. Like like yeah. Chuck Berry also had a very unique style, very and, unique uh, style. Pi- pioneering pioneers, both of them, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, kind of a bummer of a uh, of of the way to end the weekend to hear to see both of those when I was looking around today for news. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't really have a lot. Um, Joe, uh, I am banging Sofia Vergara. Mangliano is not <laughs> sure if he's Marlo. still. Yeah, is not sure if he's still in Batman. Because I guess they keep changing things up, but he's not actually sure if he's going to be in there or not. Oh, which is interesting. Well, they're they're talking about tossing, having tossed the script that Affleck and um, oh man, why can't I remember his name? I do this all the time because I closed all my tabs. Um. <laughs> it was Affleck and uh, DC guy, um, the writer Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. They were writing the script together. Oh, shit, um, I would have loved to have seen. I hope that that gets made because Jeff Johns is a fucking amazing writer. Not a, not a great Batman writer though. I never found his Batman to be particularly compelling. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Or at least he's never really done like a, an arc, like a run on Batman that I've been. I don't think he's ever actually worked on Batman alone, like just on Batman. Was he? Yeah, no, it was Jeff Loeb that wrote Hush, right? Jeff, that was Jeff Loeb. Yeah. 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 I don't think yeah, Jeff I Jones has ever think... done. 
like I know he's written like Justice League or like crossover stuff that he's been in, but yeah. I've never really liked his Batman. So I'm I'm cur- I would I was curious to see how that worked out, but Yeah, his his Teen Titans run was amazing. His Justice League run was really good. His Green Lantern run was really good, but yeah, I can't really think of anywhere that he he's put his mark on Batman. Yeah. Maybe this is like him taking a shot at it and like doing it in the biggest way possible, like taking yeah. the movie and co-writing it. So, yeah. but yeah, I guess I guess that script's been tossed and like they don't really know what they're doing with that movie anymore. So I don't know. I just thought it was funny because he pretty much the direct quote was like, uh, "So are you excited to be Slade?" And he was like, oh, "I don't even know if that's happening anymore or not." And that was kind of <laughs> the end of the interview. So, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, what else did I have? Oh, and like the big thing for this week, obviously Friday. Uh, Netflix, like the Iron Fist, uh, hit Netflix. Um, I don't know if anybody, I don't know how far Tim got in watching it. I finished watching it. Um, there was a lot of controversy in terms of the reviews this week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm a little more than halfway through the season. I'm on like episode seven or eight or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think the main issue with everybody that's sort of losing their shit over it is that uh, there wasn't. I mean, it's very, it's a very different beast than Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, and it's it's most similar to Daredevil, but it's still pretty starkly different from Daredevil. And I think, I think the reviewers were looking for another one of those. Yeah. So Iron Fist, um, as a whole, tends to be would have been by default the kind of lightest character out of those four, regardless. I, mean, I guess Luke Cage probably wouldn't be, isn't always notoriously played that dour, but. They played it pretty like grim in that, so yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll end up having an episode on it at some point. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that Rotten Tomatoes, like the the tom- like people who review for Rotten Tomatoes, like the critics, gave it 16, percent but the audience gave it 87. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what does that, that tell you? The audience yeah. reaction to it has been... Well, see, this is the thing, and, like, I think we talked about it before, or if not, we chatted about it in our, like, group chat before, or Tim and I at least have been talking about it, was that, like, they only get to see the first six episodes, which I will admit are a tough sit. Like, the first half of the season is a little bit of a grind, especially the first, like, three or four episodes. It's kind of like, get to the fucking point already. There hasn't been a lot of action, like blah 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 and like that's what they saw and that's what they're shitting on so i'm like i can kind of see why they would like take a big heaping shit on it at that point if that if they're expecting it to be that i thought it ramped up pretty well in the second half of the season like i'm done so like i've seen the whole thing i thought it was pretty good i still don't i think i'll still think it's the weakest of the four shows but they're but they've been really good overall so you know it's like it's like the you know saying it's the shittiest radiohead album or something Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like it's like if all the other shows are four or five star shows, this is like a three and a half star show. Like it's not like mm-hmm. a terrible show by any stretch of the imagination. It's just not it's not at that level of like that first Daredevil season, which was like spectacular, or Jessica Jones, which is like really amazing the whole way through, or the first half of Luke Cage, which is like until they kill Cottonmouth, that show was on track to be like the best of the bunch. Like it was so good. Yeah. And then it kind of let itself down. This kind of feels like it starts slow and then it picks up, but it doesn't like get to that crazy height that like, especially Daredevil kind of hit for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love the Daredevil show so much that that's where I kind of was with it. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about it more once we've all actually seen the whole thing. Yeah, Christy, are you planning point. to watch uh, Iron Fist at some point? I am. Okay, just making it's sure. It's just been a little bit nuts. So I haven't even seen yeah. Logan yet. 
<laughs> yeah, you got it. That that takes priority, I think. Yeah. Plus, it's less of a time commitment. Yeah, I know. There's so many. Got to see Logan. Got to see Beauty and the Beast. Got to see Kong potentially. I was talking to somebody yeah. who saw Beauty and the Beast this weekend. Actually, today, um, she said it was all right. So, my sister really know. liked it, and she's a pretty big Disney fan. Like she, that, she like would have been the target audience, like for the original kind of thing. And uh, I, but I, I've I've seen sort of mixed reviews on it from uh, people on my friends list. Some that really liked it, and some that were kind of met on it. Yeah, it's I not have... super high on my list of priorities to see that. I'm not. Yeah. I don't really know the target demographic. So, yeah. yeah. If I if I were to go out to see another movie right now, it would probably be either Kong or uh, Get Out. Yeah, I got to see Get Out. I definitely like. I've been hearing amazing things about that. So yeah, I'm just I'm just having a hard time for, on that one convincing myself that it would be any better in theaters than it would just watching it at home when it comes out. You know. Yeah, later. like on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. It's the fun of experiencing it with other audience members that's making it worth going out. That's what I hate about going to see movies is the other audience members. <laughs> see it on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things that like, I, I, I wish we could have talked about Logan right away because I definitely watched it in a auditorium full of shitheads. I couldn't believe the ass-ass <laughs> that were sitting with me while I was watching that movie. There was like, the one, like I'm not sure if he was like borderline handicapped or something, or at least was just so stupid that he thought everybody wanted to hear all of his thoughts <laughs> throughout the entire movie. Literally like one person back and over one to the left from me and that's all I could hear was this guy talking throughout the whole movie or oh, I hate that or the shithead in the front who brought his nine-year-old daughter who was so fucking bored throughout the whole thing I was just like oh, oh. dude like why are you doing this to me yeah. and like, it was a matinee like it, sh- it was like a matinee on a weekday so I'm like this shouldn't be happening like there should be yeah. nobody here um but oh, yeah, yeah that was that was really annoying when I saw that so anyway um I don't have anything else like nerdy news did you guys see anything this week that you guys wanted to bring up um, no, the big ones for me were the Chuck Berry and Bernie Wrights, and there hasn't yeah. been a whole lot else. I mean, besides the stuff that's released that we already kind of talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Switch and the and Breath of the Wild, they're still just, like, fucking selling like crazy. Like, the Switch is still, like, out of stock on all the big websites and stuff like that. And there's <coughs> Alicia finally um, ordered a uh, or won a, an auction for the special edition of the uh, of Breath of the Wild. Um because the main thing that she wanted was the soundtrack and the special mm-hmm. edition has that so we didn't get like the master edition but the only thing it has is a uh fucking statue or something yeah it's got that the master sword like statuette thing doesn't it yeah and she wasn't gonna pay like another 100 150 bucks or whatever for that mm-hmm. uh so now we're now we just need to get a switch but apparently some of the uh there's gonna be another batch of those that's gonna come out like on the 31st of march so we're hoping that we can get a pre-order or something for one of those Oh, 31st sounds like a good day. Isn't that, uh, that's your show, isn't it, Christy? That's my show. Yeah, Christy's got a show, and that is the day that the new Mastodon album comes out. <laughs> nice. I won't specify which one I'm more excited for, so. <laughs> <laughs> I would understand if you're more excited about the album, instead of watching four people geek out on stage. It's okay. I actually it leaked yesterday, so oh. while I was driving to your while I was driving to your house for your birthday party, I was just fucking rocking out in the car. Like, I had a couple of people like looking at me at the stoplights because I just had like I had it fucking cranked. It's really good. 
That that feels like dangerous. Like that feels like a road rage incident waiting to happen. Oh no, it's it's so proggy. It's not really an angry yeah, angry enough. album. It's 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 heavy, but it's like more of a sludgy kind of progressive metal. So mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I was enjoying it. Fair <laughs> enough. Um. All right. So let's do uh, let's do geek of the week. We can get started there. All right. Geek of the week. Geek of the week. Week 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 week. <laughs> Krista, you sound like you had some uh, stuff you want to talk about. Why don't you, uh, what, did you, what was your geekiest thing this week? My geekiest thing this week? Um, oh, man, I don't know. I'm, uh, I had to choose. I don't know, actually. I'm, I, I've just been watching Mark play Breath of the Wild. Um, I've been pretty relaxed. Uh, not relaxed, it's a lie. I've been busy every <laughs> night until, like, 11 p.m. Um... I've been um, playing a little bit of, uh, what's it called, Dragon Age. And then I guess like half an hour ago or an hour ago um, when I got home from rehearsal, I made Mark drive an extra six blocks to get me a Kangaskhan. But it wasn't a Kangaskhan, it was a Rhydon from Pokemon Go. Oh. <laughs> the shadows look too similar and I was pretty frustrated. What's the Kangaskhan? Yes, yeah, that's probably my thing. Um... It's the one that has a little baby in its pouch. It looks like... Oh, I don't have that one yet. Yeah. I've got yeah. a lot of the Gen 2 ones, but not that one yet. That's a Gen I'm... 1. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I, hmm. well, I mean, yeah, there's still 20 or so Gen 1s that I don't have. Yeah. I was so pumped. I was like, yeah, I'm finally going to find it. No, no, did not. <laughs> I did enjoy that last night your friends looked as baffled when you were talking about Pokemon Go as I did, so it's not just me who's not touching this game, <laughs> so that was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love Pokemon laugh. Go. It's great. Yeah, I played a lot of it. I mean, I I always try to play a lot of it when I travel, so I was playing a lot uh, uh, while I was participating in one of my Geeks of the Week. <laughs> nice. Do you want to go, Tim? <laughs> Sure. So that that one, I, I've got two because uh, I had, did have a very geeky week. And uh, one was that uh, I finally got to go on a work trip to Orlando. So those uh, anybody that's listened to the podcast before probably has heard that I have a, a Disney nerd uh, side to me. And it's uh, really heavily uh, leaning towards the Disney parks. And I work there 12 years ago or something like that uh, for a year. I was a professional Canadian, so I finally got to go back down. It was the first time I got to go to Disney World in like two years or something like that, uh, which is a long time for me. And so uh, like in the evenings, um, basically I got up at like fucking 5 a.m. on Wednesday for my like 7 a.m. flight, and then I worked all day. To be completely honest, I hope nobody from my company ever listens to this. I blew through all my calls pretty quick and was done them all by like 2.30 or something like that. And then uh, went went to my hotel, checked in, and ran over to the Polynesian Resort, uh, which is like right by the Magic Kingdom, and sat in their lobby for like an hour and a half and finished up my work for the day. Huh. And then uh, went to... Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, which is like a really highly themed tiki bar, and uh, had a couple drinks there. And like when you order the tiki that drinks, like amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then went over to Magic Kingdom for like four hours because my friend Lisa gave me a ticket because uh, she works there currently, and just fucking crammed in as many rides as I could in like four hours. So I got to do most that of my favorites. Awesome. And, yeah. 
So, and I also played a shit ton of Pokemon Go because there's all kinds of Pokestops and gyms and stuff like that in the parks and because there's so many people Oh, there. I can only imagine in Disney World. Yeah, and because there's so many people there, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of spawns and a lot of other Pokemon popping up and stuff like that too. So that was one of my geeks of the week. That just sounds so fun. I'm so envious. I'm like, ugh, I haven't been to Disney World in so long. Uh, but yeah. So, and then on uh, Thursday night it was a little less nerdy, but I went to Disney Springs, which uh, I haven't been to. Is what Disney Downtown Disney is called now because they made a bunch of huge additions to it. So I walked around there and did some shopping and sort of just explored the new areas and stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. It was exhausting, hmm. but uh, that's a good kind of exhaustion did for you, me. Did you see the new um, Bell or not? Oh, what's the new area? It is Bell's Castle in um, Magic Kingdom, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went back into the Fantasyland area. That This isn't I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been there since uh, the new Fantasyland expansion happened. Uh, so, yeah, I've been to, like, the uh, Be Our Guest restaurant where they have, like, it's basically, like, the Beast's Castle, and there's one of the rooms is, like, the West Wing that has the, uh, or East Wing or whatever wing it is that has the uh, the rose in it. Uh, and all, like, the, like, slashed pictures of him when he was the prince and stuff. Um, yeah, so I've, I've seen all, all of that new fantasy land stuff before, but the stuff that was newest for me was the, uh, Disney Springs stuff. Yeah. So. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So it really made me want to go back for a longer trip and I'm hoping that, uh, Alicia and I might be able to afford that in the next few months or so. That would be awesome. Yeah. Nice. So that was my one Geek of the Week. The other one that I had will take less time to talk about, but it was uh, one of my Christmas presents. And I think I might have mentioned this back around Christmas time, but Alicia got me uh, tickets to the Game of Thrones Symphony. Oh, right! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw you guys posting on Instagram about that. Yeah, that was on Tuesday night, uh, right before, the night before I had to wake up at fucking five in the morning to fly to Orlando. Um, It was really good. It was, I mean... The music for Game of Thrones isn't, like, as sort of iconic as, like, we've been to uh, the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddess concerts a couple times, and those are definitely better. Um, But in this case, they had, like, a lot more, like, special effects and stuff like that, and the video screens were, the stuff that was on the video screens was a little more involved. Um, So it was a little bit more theatrical than the Zelda concerts, where it's basically just, like, here's a screen, we're going to show some stuff from the games while we play the music kind of thing. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was really cool and uh yeah, it was fun. Awesome. Um well my geek of the week, um last night was Christy's surprise birthday party. Um so I went over to Christy's place, which was a lot of fun. Woo! Um the best part of it though well, okay, maybe not the best part, but the geekiest part of it is um Christy's uh live in boyfriend, uh who we all know is Mark number two, um, is a video game store owner and has a just shit ton of video games laying around his house. So I got to kind of like thumb through his collection and was just like massively envious at the stuff he had laying around. I was just like, this is very, very impressive. Like it was really cool to see. Super awkward boner. Yeah. Kind of like the weirdest fucking boner the whole time. 
Um, but just like NES cartridges that I haven't seen in like 20 years or like <laughs> actually got to, I haven't for some reason, like picking up a Genesis cartridge, I had the weirdest nostalgia thing going on. I haven't held one in a long time. So it was like, man, I haven't held one of these things in like, it must be 15 years or something like that. Like a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 cartridge he had sitting like in a drawer. And I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. And, but even stuff that like, I don't think I'd ever seen, like he had, um, like TurboGrafx-16, like the cards and stuff like that that I don't have any recollection of ever seeing physically, like being in like a room with them before and actually getting to like touch some of them and stuff. I was like, this is really wacky. Like he had a, what do you call it? Like a PC engine, like a turbo duo, like the CD based turbo graphic 16 thing, like the actual oh wow uh, console. And I was like, I've never actually seen one of these things before. It was like, yeah. it was really cool to like see actually hold some like video game history in your hands and that kind of stuff. So that was really neat. Um, so I had to ask him, like, I sold a bunch of, like, a lot of my old stuff a long time ago um, for whatever reason. And he had a Dreamcast sitting there. And I was like, oh, man, I want a Dreamcast again. So I was talking to him about, like, next time he gets a Dreamcast and he has to put it aside for me so I can come in and buy it. And I don't even know what games I want for it. I think I just want to have a Dreamcast again. So Yeah, no, be, uh, if he gets one, he'll let you know. Yeah, no, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And then we, we had a... He's uh, like he's the only other person who's actually playing Breath of the Wild that I know right now. So we had a, we had a really? couple minutes. While, well, you guys, I don't talk to a lot of people, right? So like, I don't even know if Eric's playing it or not. Like I haven't actually heard from him. Mark had been playing Breath of the Wild, so we were talking about it because I've beaten it now, and have gotten through like most of the side quests and done everything except for this one extremely long um, collection kind of side quest thing, um, uh-huh. where it's like you have to go and pick up like nine hundred. Cocos, uh, Corcos, Koroks, Koroks. Sorry, whatever. I can't remember the name. Uh, Nine hundred Korok fucking seeds, and I was just like, "This is infuriating." And you need them to expand your, uh, like, your inventory slots and stuff like that. You need about four hundred and fifty okay. of them to expand your inventory slots. And I'm just like slowly slogging through getting to that number. But I'm like, "Am I going to do nine hundred? Probably not, because that's there's no real benefit to it." I'm just like, this is really annoying. But it does count to your percentage. Like, it counts to your game completion percentage. So I'll have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, have fun. 900 of these little things. Like, they do kind of come fast and furious when you get into an area, like, where there's a lot of them. But you can't use your sensor to pick them up. So you just Mm kind of got to, like, figure out where they are. Even with, like, I'm using a map to kind of pick them out now. Like, somebody's put them all online and put them on a map, like an interactive map. And I'm just, you get in the general area and be like, okay, and then click on it in the map and it won't have any information. So you just got to kind of look around and figure out which one of the 20 or 25 different variations on how to get the stupid thing you have to use and like figure out which one this is. Like, oh, do I got to run through these flowers or do I got to fucking shoot this thing or whatever? So it does, it still takes a couple minutes to be like, I don't know which one I have to do. It's kind of annoying, but I'm going to end up like having 150 hours in this game or something. I could tell. I'm probably into like 80 plus hours at this point. And wow. like, I have like, I think I have two side quests that I haven't completely finished yet that I was probably going to finish tonight. And then uh, I want to f- expand all my expansion stuff. I did beat the game proper. Like I did all the shrines and had all my health and uh, stamina meter stuff upgraded. And I had grabbed the master sword and beat all the sub, like the dungeons and then, or whatever. They're not really dungeons. They're barely dungeons, but or at least in the way you would think of them as a Zelda fan. And I have run through the Ganon fight, and it's it's cool. Like it's it's an interesting. I thought the story on that game was probably one of the better ones. It's not as good as Wind Waker's, but it is still like it's well told and stuff. So, 
Yeah. It was pretty cool. But it was nice to actually have somebody who has been playing it, like, share my pain for a second um, with these stupid uh, Korok fucking seeds that they want you to pick up. I'm just like, <laughs> you fucking pricks. So... <laughs> 900 Korok seeds, like you assholes. Yeah, that's like an obscene number. <laughs> yeah, and that's ridiculous. My, my main um, complaint about the game overall is that like they took some of the open world kind of tropes, like the Ubisoft kind of open world tropes, and way overdid them. Like way overdid them in terms of like collectibles and stuff. Because that that number of Korok seeds is like that's obscene. Like so many Korok seeds. Like I don't want to do this. So yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So that was my geek of the week, was uh, touching old video game stuff at Mark and Christie's place. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a we've got a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. He's uh he's quite the the collector. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh he had that cool like little NES console you said you were saying was like a a little bit of a point of contention with you guys. Yeah. That little yeah. Like, arcade thingy. It's just right in the middle of our dining room. Well, it's not even the middle, but it's just huge. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, but, you know, what is it? please get rid of this. He's giggling now because he knows that. Yeah, we're talking, talking about. <laughs> it's this cool, like, it's kind of like a tabletop arcade machine thing that has like. Oh, okay. Like one of the ones you would sit at? Yeah. No, no, no. Not even like that. It's like, it's literally like the top part of a coin-op machine, but it's got like 10 oh, okay. NES games kind of installed on it. Mm. And you can kind of pick and play through them. It's a really cool little thing. It's got like a little, it's got a joystick and like the buttons, like arcade style buttons and stuff like that. It's really neat, but it is kind of like, it's just sitting in this weird little awkward corner of Christie's house. It's, <laughs> they were talking about it yesterday. Oh, that reminds me. I got to export that audio from yesterday too. Yeah, maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> what audio did you record? So at the end of the night, well, not the end of the night, we were playing Cards Against Humanity yesterday, and at the end of the night, Christy was trying to decide what was going to... I don't remember what it was, but it was like... I do. Do you remember? Yes. Do you want to tell the story, or should I just play the audio? No. (laughs) All right, so I... You're going to play the audio anyway, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to tag it at the end of the episode. Uh, (laughs) I got a card, and I was, you know... At my, this was my drunkest of the night. Um, I got a card that was like, what's the gift that keeps on giving? And a couple people put down really funny ones, but then I got the clitoris and Harry Potter erotica. And <laughs> it took me a solid 15 minutes, or not 15 minutes, but like five minutes to try and figure something out. So I had to call in Mark N, or my Mark, and uh, he... Um, he had to make the final call, and he said, if anything, I'd probably prefer Harry Potter erotica to my clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> and why were you recording this? Because she, she just kept going on about which one she wanted to pick. So I, <laughs> I, I took my voice recorder out, like my phone out, and put on voice recorder, and just recorded mm. her hemming and hawing about it. Because she went on a rant for like... There's, I've got about a solid three minutes of audio where she's just trying to make the decision about whether she likes her clit or Harry Harry Potter erotica better. And I was like, this is hysterically funny. Gold. Yeah, it was comedy gold. Gold, Jerry, gold. Yeah, gold, exactly. So, like, she finally calls Mark in, and I had, like, put the fucking recorder in his face so that he could make his call and then put it back in Christy while she giggled for ten minutes afterwards. Like, it was really funny. I'm just trying to figure out how to get the audio off uh, off my phone now. Because yeah. it won't just let me export it, but it's uh, <laughs> it will be hilarious. I'll tag it at the end of the episode. I'm sure she's very happy to hear me say that. <laughs> no. 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 It's okay. Your Nana's never going to hear it. 
I say that in the audio. <laughs> Christy, yeah. Actually, you do. Uh, it was funny because we were, we were talking about it. Like, a couple people didn't know who I was because I'm not part of Christy's acting crew of friends. And I was like, I'm the guy who does... I'm the Mark from Christie's podcast. I got so many fucking blank looks from people. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Christy doesn't tell anybody about the podcast. I was like, even her friends, she doesn't fucking tell about the podcast. <laughs> it's it's Christie's great shame. It is my great out. shame. I don't understand, though, <laughs> because like the stuff you guys do in your improvs, like your improv stuff that I've seen is just as crude as some of the stuff that we say on this show. Yeah, but that, that's not recorded permanently. That's true, but this is like this is like an awesome uh, like it's like a B roll kind of thing. All actors have like podcasts and shit now. Yeah, no, it's true. I just I don't know. It's more my grandparents. Yeah, but if they don't know, then who's going to hurt them? Well, either way, I pimped the podcast the whole night. I told all her friends to go download it, so they hopefully will have some new listeners this week. <laughs> I'm sure she's very happy that I did that, but I just um I think for me it's the fact that um <laughs> I don't know. I I just you guys rag on me and I say stuff and I'm like, "Oh, I would think more about this if I was seeing someone in person." And the racism and <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. I did notice though, I had a lot of uh a lot of white friends around that table. What do you mean? I was like, oh man, I need some like, I need to like br- br- broaden my spectrum oh, oh, of friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we were halfway through our game of Cards Against Humanity and a couple like more racy kind of cards came up and we were kind of noticing the fact that Christy's friend circle is like really white, like <laughs> really white, like lily white probably even to that point. <laughs> And I was like, it's too bad Eric didn't show up because he could be the odd man out now and at least be Asian. Yeah. And a couple of people looked at me. Minority. Yeah, a couple of people looked at me and were like, why would you say that? And I'm like, oh, I always forget. Eric's as white as we are. It's just that he is actually technically Asian. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah. What That's is it? He always called himself a Twinkie. Was it a Twinkie? Like yellow on the outside, white on the inside? White on the like? inside, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Asian equivalent of an Oreo. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah, he, he called himself a Twinkie all the time back in the day. <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. I had a good time last night. So I was so tired at the end, though. I was like, I need to go home. I need to go home. I was I in know. bed. I was the earliest I've been to bed since I left my old job. I, I was in bed by 11.30 last night. Yeah, when I got back uh, from uh, Orlando on Friday night, like... I just fucking went straight to sleep uh, as soon as I got home. I was just like, I had gotten maybe six hours of sleep the previous like three nights. Yeah. So I was like, nope, nope, not doing anything tonight. Normally I would like yeah. try and read, you know, stay up and read a couple comics, but nope, it was just straight to fucking bed. Yeah, it's pretty much me last night. I got home and like, I think I had like, I, I had a glass of water and like was sitting down in the chair. I was like, I'm going to watch the, there was a St. Patrick's Day Letterkenny special that came out this weekend and I hadn't watched it yet because I was watching Iron Fist. Mm and uh i sat down to watch it and i got like 10 minutes in i'm like i'm just gonna move this to my ipad and go lay down and i don't even think i saw the end of it i'll probably have to watch it again tonight (laughs) so i was like i went i went lights out yeah so yeah no i i couldn't fall asleep um simply because i was uh i it wasn't even like the drunkness i'm just uh it's my lady time of the month so i was just like writhing in bed like i hate my life Ah." that was a nice birthday present for nature to give you I know. Damn it, nature. It's your moon time. It's 
my moon time. time. Shark week. Amazing. Shark week. Don't you not want to be around sharks when you're bleeding like that, though? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm. Maybe I'm missing something. All right. So that's uh, so that was our geekiest things of the week this week. There's a lot of stuff this week. Um, <laughs> uh, so like the topic of the week for this week is um, kind of like how. We've been talking about it for a while, and it's come up a couple times in the podcast, like how our consumption of media has changed um, throughout the course of our lives. And I'm assuming Christy may not have as much to talk about as Tim and I will. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting because, like, I I grew up, like, kind of at the advent of CD, or, like, grew up and started listening to music, especially growing up kind of listening to CDs and having tapes and making mixtapes. And then I've seen all that technology just disappear and, like, even the point where, like, we got an iPod and that was the coolest thing that ever happened. And now I don't even have one of those. I just have a phone that has all my music on it. <laughs> so we wanted to get into that, I think, tonight. So Tim had some, like, um, special special notes he wanted to, like, share with us, though. So. <laughs> oh, God. Well, do, do we want to, like, go one media at a time or something like that? Do we want to start with music? Yeah, let's start with let's let's do it that way. Like this way, we yeah. can because if we get long into music, maybe we can cut the we can cut it and whatever, and like do another do topic, later. do it a topic later mm-hmm. at another point. But I don't think I don't think the, I think the music one will be the big one, yeah. where we'll spend the most time on it, and then the other media will just be like, well, I used to have to fucking watch everything on TV, and now I torn everything. So blah, there you go. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, music for me, like I'm kind of like with Mark in terms of how I consume music as a child, like I or in my you know, adolescence or whatever. And that, uh, I didn't have very many tapes like, you know, store-bought tapes. I had maybe one or two or something like that. Yeah, but... I can, I know the only ones I ever had were the two use your, well, probably like three guns and roses album or like the four, the first mm-hmm. four guns and roses albums on tape. And then after everything after that was like, yeah, CD and then synced to the tape to take with me kind of thing. Yeah. I think for some reason I had uh, offspring smash on mm-hmm. tape. Uh, but basically everything else, like I, I started sort of, you know, really actively buying and uh, listening to music when I was like maybe 13 or 14 or something like that. And uh, that was, you know, right around the time of CDs. So, uh, so yeah, basically until I got to university, it was all CDs, but I would make a shit ton of mix uh, tapes and mix CDs. So like my dad had like a, you know, six disc changer on the stereo connect that was also connected to a tape deck. So I would just sit there and like for hours, like program the tracks that I wanted in what order to, mm-hmm. to record onto the, onto the tapes. Yep. Uh, so I, I had like these, you know, this like whole, like, you know, those uh, cases, the like uh, cloth, tape cases kind of thing i had like two or three of those that were just fucking full of like mixtapes and they were called like tim super mix like one through 39 or something like that like all in i can remember too i did them in like roman numerals oh really i always i did i started doing them that fancy and then i just got to the point where i would be like taking the labels off and just like writing the date of that mix on it kind of thing and that would be how i started dating them eventually because i was just like it's too much yeah. work because I was changing anytime like a new single or something would come out, I would figure out a way to hook up my old Mac directly to the stereo on top of everything else and like sync uh-huh. it to a tape, like run yeah. it up through the audio. And like I was probably at Radio Shack a million times getting the right Y cable to work. So it did like the <laughs> 3.5 inch out to yeah. like RCA kind of thing so that I could hook yeah. up whatever Mac we had in the house when I was growing up 
to a tape deck. And like sometimes I'd have to bring the tape deck into the office to do it, and I wouldn't have any audio to hear at all. Like I couldn't hear anything that was going on. Yeah. It was just straight line out to the thing and like hit record, hit play on the MP3, watch the MP3 play. And when the MP3 yeah. played, stop everything and just pray it worked when I went back and did the rest of the CD mixing kind of stuff. It was insanity. I don't know why. I was so happy when the iPod hit. I was like, this is the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. So, Yeah, and we, with me, like, I, I would even take some of my dad's old albums because he had a, a CD or a record player that was also hooked mm-hmm. up to that tape deck. And I would record like uh, certain tracks off of straight off of the LP onto tapes as well. Yeah. Um, And then eventually I, well, I'm trying to think what started first, whether it was me. Yeah, I guess I must have started downloading before I started burning mix CDs because I don't think I would have actually like ripped them from my own CDs for the most part. But yeah, so when I started university, which was 2000, uh, was like, that was like the advent of Napster, right? Yeah. That was right around when that hit really hard, and I was living, you know, in on campus in residence, and the fucking internet was just blazing fast. At least for that time. Well, you had like big fat T one pipes and stuff like that going directly to campus and stuff, right? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And so, so I, I would download just tons and tons of music. At one point, they um, basically broke Napster so that you could only down stuff, uh, download stuff, uh, intranetwork. So. For on Max campus, yeah. So you can only get stuff that other people on Max campus had. Basically, they blocked all external connections to Napster. I was I was Eric's outside hookup for a lot of stuff back in the day. I think for that kind of stuff. So I I would because I was I was CD guy, right? Like I was the guy who had fucking every record. Like I was at the record store every mm-hmm. week, and I would buy three four albums every week, without fail. I pretty like until two thousand and three. I would probably go and buy three or four CDs a week. Yeah. Um. So I was taking those and at that point ripping them and then like i don't know how i got them to eric particularly if we'd like had to set up an ftp site or something like that and then we i would send them to him and so like a ton of new music probably ended up on the mcmaster (laughs) intranet through me like via (laughs) eric kind of thing because i would be like oh did you get this new album yeah here here it is like the same way like now i would say like oh i got the mastodon leak and like throw it in my google drive and like share it with everybody kind of thing it was but it was a little bit more involved back then because i didn't have google drive so yeah yeah i i probably kept buying album like see albums on cd until like i mean i still do once in a while like maybe once or twice a year but uh i probably stopped maybe around like 2004 2005 or something like that uh you know seriously like buying you know an album or two a month or something like that yeah i don't i only buy it when it's like a band that i've been listening to for a long time that i have all their other Mm -hmm. stuff on cd so like I don't know. They're probably and the worst part is they're not even like organized anymore. Like I bought a couple of them in the last couple months and they're just sitting up here because I would take them and rip them mm-hmm. into my collection here and then put the CD up here and they just sit there in a pile like that. I yeah. don't do anything with them. So like I've got I've got the new Sam Roberts band and it goes as far back as like I have Gore like the last Deftones album from like last spring or something like that up there. And there's maybe there's no there's ten CDs up there. It's not like I, I buy next to nothing now. So yeah. Well, compared to what I used to buy, which is like 10 in a month, probably. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so, I mean, from from all those MP3s and stuff that I would download, like, I would burn. Uh, I, I remember getting my first, like, CD burner for my desktop computer, which was, you yeah. know, like, 300 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And then just burning, like, shit tons of uh, mix CDs, which I would, like, play in my car. Um, yeah. 
I specifically remember having like uh, I there was like I got my first credit card and the first thing I bought with it was a CD burner. Nice. <laughs> um, so that I could do that, and then like I took, I, I bought two spindles of CDs, and instead of carrying all my like good CDs, like my actual CDs with me in a binder, mm-hmm. I spent like two days burning straight copies of every CD to put in my binder to carry with me because it's all pre MP3, right? Like you don't really yeah. have MP3s necessarily to do this kind of stuff with. So I put everything in a binder that I took in the car with me. So I just drive around in my old beatbox fucking tempo or whatever. Yeah. And like uh, play them through a tape because it, it had to be a tape adapter because the car was from 1987. <laughs> so a tape adapter to my CD player. And then eventually I bought a new CD player because the CD player I had didn't have anti-skip. Yeah. Because that was the most annoying thing ever. You driving. <laughs> yeah. And it was driving stick too. So it was like it was getting hit all the time. I was like, this sucks so bad. <laughs> 10 seconds of anti-skip is all I'll ever need. Yeah, I yep, didn't do much I of uh, Yeah, I didn't do much of the tape adapter. I uh, I was a very early adopter of the FM transmitter, though. Oh yeah, I had one of those too. So, um, so yeah, my, so I had a. Go ahead. No, sorry, I was gonna say like in my so I went from a tempo to my parents' Taurus, and that had a tape deck that fried eventually from how much I was using it with the tape adapters. <laughs> So I bought an FM transmitter to use, but like living in Southern Ontario with an FM transmitter is like the kiss of yeah. death because there's no FM bandwidth. No it's, yeah, there's no real, no real, real open channels unless you get one that goes kind of down past the standard for digital car stereos. Yeah. So like something if it went down to eighty-seven seven, yeah, you were okay, but like it had to go like anything from eighty-seven nine to what is it one hundred seven nine or something like that's the top end or one hundred eight one. Yeah. Well, like they're all full in Southern Ontario because there's so many stations out of Toronto and stuff, and plus or we have Buffalo. At that point, anyways, well, there were, yeah. Today. But like we also had Buffalo, like in St. Catharines, because right. we're halfway kind of between. So we had all these stations crossing over. So like finding an open spot for an FM transmitter was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, and it was a nightmare on road trips too because you'd keep having to change the station. Oh yeah, yeah that was that yeah. was where you're driving to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so I I use that uh, FM transmitter really heavily with my uh, with my fucking mini disc player. Mm. Sony mini disc player, and I had probably thirty mini discs that I'd because that you know the nice thing there was you could put a lot of music on them, and they were totally like impervious to skipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were awesome. I think I had one for six months, and then I got a. I didn't even get an iPod first either. It wasn't an iPod I picked up first. It was a Zen uh, Creative Zen Vision. M, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Which was actually the superior player to the iPod at the time. It was a little chunkier. It was a little bit bigger, kind of a unit, but it was. Yeah. Uh, it had more. You could do more to the files on the, like on the interface itself. Like if you needed to rename a file because they weren't sorting properly, mm-hmm. it would let you do that in there without having to go fucking sync into iTunes and tweak yeah. everything. I do wish that iTunes that that uh, iPods had that functionality, and I always. I have. wish like it doesn't even have it on the phone. Like the fucking yeah. iPhones as powerful as like almost any computer on the planet at this point, and it still can't edit an MP3 tag. On the yeah. phone itself, I still gotta like go into iTunes and do it that way, and hope and pray it syncs properly. So yeah, that's one thing that always frustrated the shit out of me too. Yeah, um, but yeah, and the nice those Midas players had like a fucking crazy battery life too. Mm-hmm. Like, no moving go, parts, man. Yeah, like not yeah, even they, a hard drive. Go fucking forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, We've been rambling, yeah. Christy. Do you want? Do you have anything you want to say? Are you just listening to us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was just listening to you guys because I, I tried a couple times to say stuff, but you were both just piggybacking and mm. couldn't Go ahead. say anything. I couldn't say anything. 
I'd imagine your experience would have been much different than like what we went through because we were like just that much older than you that like we saw a huge transition in the way stuff worked from like being when we first got into music at like 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever we were until like now whereas you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have seen like that vast a difference in like how you get stuff and consume it so well I don't think that's true actually I started out listening to um, music on my parents' tape deck in our van in our old green Voyager. Uh And um, I started out for years with a Walkman. I used to um, have this little Toys R Us. um, It was like a a little something, little recorder. And I would play music through the car and take this thing and press record and make myself mixtapes. Really? Um, that sounds like that would have been like the worst quality possible. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> it was terribly, awfully bad. Um, but uh, no, and I like I, I had um, Aqua and Hanson and the Les Mis soundtrack were like my my three go tos. And um, then I uh, from there, my grandparents actually um for a birthday, I, I got uh, what's it called? Um, a CD player a, and a my a discman, and I had like a bunch of CDs. One of my favorites was the Bare Naked Ladies um, with the the puppet on the front. What was that called again? Stunt. Yeah, Stunt. It's a great album, and it was. Oh, wait, why would I know that? We just talked about that in our music you episode. Did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Stunt, and um, you know, I used to listen to that, and um, but then I started using CD burners and I would go on Kazaa or, um, you know, all those old school torrent sites that were, you know, every other song you downloaded was actually a porn virus. Yeah. Or, or, uh, just a loop that had been uploaded to sort of, uh, prevent people or discourage people from downloading. Exactly. It was like a 10 hour, 20, 20 seconds, like played over and over and over again instead of the actual full song. Yeah. I still have a couple of those in my library, I think. I think I have one from like. I have a bunch of Zwan tracks that are like that. There was one. I think it was like Madonna's Ray of Light or something like that came out, and I didn't. I didn't. Down, I didn't want to listen to it, but like she had leaked a bunch of tracks from the album, where it was like it would play the first ten seconds, and then it would be Madonna scolding you for two minutes for stealing her music. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I think I still have a couple of the. They're not in my iTunes library, but I think I still have the files because I thought that was hysterically funny nice. that she wanted that much effort to like. Uh, dissuade fucking people from pirating this shitty album. Or the other one would be, uh, yeah, the other one would be like, there would be like 10 uh, seconds of music and then just fucking like static, like ear piercing fucking static for the rest of the track and be like, fuck you. Yeah, pretty Um, much. And that was the worst too because like, I personally like, I wouldn't have a lot of time at my grandparents to like listen to the music I downloaded um, the whole way through. So I would try and skim through and all this while, I was making my grandparents um, mix like mix CDs as well. But um, I would sometimes awkwardly like there'd be a track of just moaning that would go on one of my grandparents' CDs. <laughs> I don't remember as much of that. It would I happen think sometimes. I like like porn porn oh, uh, sounds that were disguised as you know music tracks. I don't remember that, that happened one. to me once. Um, and it went on my grandparents' CD, and it was so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and this is like, it also prompted, because I downloaded an MP4 by accident without realizing, because I wasn't, I didn't know the jargon back then. I just thought it was all music on mm. uh, Kazaa. 
and um, I uh, I ended up downloading um, something. It was like uh, it was an animation. It was like a rabbit on a pirate ship, and um, my granddad sat me down and asked me if like I'd been using their computer to download inappropriate things. <laughs> I was like, no, I thought there was a Frank Sinatra song. Well, yes, but not that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 fucking funny. Here, here's a, a fun aside that I think we should all do is let's go through our file sharing uh, lineage. Go through all of the file sites that or uh, file sharing programs or sites or whatever that you used in order as you can remember them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I remember um, it was before. Napster hit a lot of FTP sites. There was like mm-hmm. hidden FTP sites you would find through Usenet, um, yeah. and like so you would go and like log into this anonymous FTP site and like hope to God that you would connect and stuff like that, and then download the files from there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, those things started to go away as binaries became a thing on Usenet, and you could download the files directly from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fine, um, and actually, I've kind of gone back to that in the last couple of years because Usenet's become really awesome for that if you have access to it still. But anyway, I shouldn't be telling people how I pirate my shit still. <laughs> um, but then it was then Napster hit, and Napster was just like that was a fucking revolution. I was yeah. like totally insane. Um, I probably still have files from back then, maybe not as much, but like there's probably a couple still a couple Pearl Jam bootlegs and stuff from like '98 that I have that are from that like that i downloaded from napster and have somehow managed to like keep floating around in clouds and like on yeah. discs and stuff like that and then i've ended up in my <laughs> current collection still um napster went to i think i went to kazaa pretty quickly after like once that kind of hit the wall yeah. and then i i don't remember ever really using like a limewire or an emule or anything like that but because i was always pre- and, like usenet savvy enough that like i could get my stuff through there and then BitTorrent hit, and like that was the end. Oh, you know what? I forgot Soulseek for music. I still use Soulseek actually <laughs> for music. Yeah. Um, but BitTorrent was the one like that just kind of like that ended all. And I got a like. Um, do you remember Oink? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oink. No. Yeah, I had Oink was this. It was probably. I actually remember Trent Reznor saying Oink was the best music store on the planet um, <laughs> because it was like meticulously cataloged. Like everything was flawlessly tagged because it was you it was part of the rules of the site to just be like everything had to be perfect and like you had to have q files and like log files for your rips if they were like lossless audio and stuff like that yeah that's where i first got into a lot like like downloading flack and stuff like that was all from oink so and i got i got an invite to that i don't remember how i think i traded a invite from a porn site to somebody to get my (laughs) oink invite and then i invited a couple friends to oink like i got my brother on there and i probably got eric on there too if i'm not mistaken and then Oink died, and since then it's not been anything crazy. There's a couple blogs that still post new albums, like I got Mastodon off of New Album Music or something like that, or New Album Releases.net or some nonsense. Um, that's pretty awesome. But like, yeah, ever since then, like it's it's like it's to the fucking Wild West still, right? Like you still get whatever you want. You just need to know how to find it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine's pretty similar to yours. Uh, I mean, I I didn't. I wasn't so much into the Usenet. Like, I knew it existed, but I didn't really fuck around with it too much. I did fuck around with uh, IRC a little bit. Mm. And yeah, IRC is kind of like Usenet's, Usenet's bastard 4chan fucking cousin kind of thing. So Yeah, and then 
Uh, and then I also got some stuff off like bulletin boards fucking mm. way back in the day in like the late nineties. And then from there, yeah, Napster, when, uh, Mac restricted access to Napster and made it. So it was just internet. Um, I still used it for stuff that I could find on the internet, but I also used uh, audio galaxy a lot. Oh yeah, I remember Audio Galaxy. I never used it as much, but I remember like being on there a couple times to get like yeah. one or two songs, like singles, off of it. Yeah, I loved Audio Galaxy. Like it was a sort of smoother interface than uh, Napster was, and it was all web based, so mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to find stuff you were looking for, and it was pretty well sorted um, in terms of like you know for for various artists and stuff like that. That being said, I got a lot of mislabeled shit off Audio Galaxy and off Napster. Yeah, same. Um, and. Uh, the nice thing with uh, Audio Galaxy was that it had like a feature that would tell you like if you like this artist you should check out these ones. So I ended up finding a lot of like really cool artists and probably never would have otherwise because of that. And I mean yeah. you can do that really easily these days, but back then that was like fucking unheard of. You know, it was yeah, a, a, yeah. a site like that that would actually give you recommendations. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, and then from there, yeah, Kazaa, LimeWire. I do think I used uh, like Emule a little bit, not too much. Um, yeah, and then fucking BitTorrent uh, from... Yeah, I got a lot of stuff off BitTorrent. And <laughs> I still use BitTorrent, like, daily, so I don't... Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, and, um, yeah, in terms of, like, some of that... I didn't use Oink, but I knew it existed, but um, I do have some, like, private trackers now that I'm part of, like, stuff... Well, what.cd got shut down, but now there's a clone of it. Oh, uh, is there? Out there. I never... Yeah ever got a what.cd account and it was one of those things where i was like at that point music would hit so easily and quickly that i wanted and i there's enough blogs that were posting it that i was like i don't really need one of these like really fancy ones anymore because that was the other thing like at first like i would get really into the whole like oh i want it all lossless and then i'll convert it and now i'm Mm -hmm. just like i don't fucking care that much anymore like i just i just want the mp3s at 320 and i'll throw them on my phone like i don't get yeah as no i I don't get lossless yeah, yeah, so. Um, I pretty much just use yeah, LimeWire and Kazaa as well. Still? That's, no, I, that's what I did. Now I, okay. I just use um, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, that kind of stuff has made it a lot easier to just kind of access everything on the fly, where I'm like, if, I, if somebody, and I think we were talking about it before, where, like, when you guys, when we did our top albums, like, stuff, when you guys post your list, I don't necessarily go and download it unless I already have it. Like, a couple of Tims I've had already kind of on my computer. But, like, if, like, Christie's, what was it, Krista Berg or whatever like that, I had to go and, like, yep. look it up on, I went and looked it up on Spotify because mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out of my way to download it and pirate it because I don't care And he much. wasn't all, it, not all this stuff was there anyway. It actually wasn't even on Spotify. I ended up having to download it and then convert it from a flack just to listen to it the one time that I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only streaming service that I have now is, uh, um, Amazon Prime Music, and that's just because I have a Prime membership for the shipping yeah. benefits. Wait, do um, I get? And, we get? Do we get music with that? I have a Prime membership. Uh, I'm not sure if you do in Canada or not, but in the U.S., you definitely get a lot. You get access to a lot of uh, a lot of streamed albums. Um, it's a it's a separate app. Spotify is. I get it for free through my. I'm on a really high tier Rogers account for my cell phone, and mm. I get Spotify for free through that right now. So. Nice. Well, for free. I mean, I'm sure I'm paying for it somehow, but it's lumped in with my account, so I do yeah. that way. No, it was um, I. I oh, what was I gonna say? Sorry, guys. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, it's been such a week. Um, 
What are we talking about? Spotify. Oh, I had a, I had something to say. Damn it. It's gone. Oh, yeah. Google Play Music apparently has a pretty good program. <laughs> I haven't tried them out yet, though. I did um, I did Apple Music, too, for a little while. But it... Um, and I don't know if you guys ever saw this. I think I posted it on Facebook or on my Twitter or something like that. But it really fucked my... Uh, my like existing mp3 library like it just started retagging stuff randomly that it mm. shouldn't have touched Boom. um and it really fucked up my pearl jam like live mp3 collection which yeah. really honked me off so i had to go back and like sort through thankfully i'm pretty good about keeping my folder structures tight enough that like it was easy to retag but like names of i like id3 tags like for um like song yeah. names and stuff like that titles got really fucked up and I was like having to go back and then figure out a way to filter everything. Cause like well, I use um, tag and rename and then I can run filters and stuff over file names and like get them tagged that way. But I had to go and do like most of my 2000, 2003, 2005 and 2009 bootlegs got fucking ravaged by Apple music. And I having to retag all that took three days of like, Oh, these ones have this kind of order on the file names, and then like getting it all sorted out to run and yeah. whatever. Having to do that on hundreds and hundreds of fucking thousands of files because I had every Pearl Jam show ever in there, and I was like, I canceled my Apple Music subscription and was like, I'm never fucking using that piece of shit again because yeah, fucked my <laughs> really bad. So Spotify is fine. Spotify doesn't touch my existing music, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, iTunes was really bad for that, too. Like, iTunes once or twice really fucked with my music library, which was really annoying to me. Um, when I first started using, like, Napster and stuff like that, I had everything in Winamp. Uh, yeah. But then, um, then I think it was 2005 was when I got my first iPod. And mm-hmm. from then on, I, yeah, everything was in, uh, was in iTunes. So I've had, you know, basically my building my iTunes library for 12 years at this point. Yeah, um, same. I think my first iPod was either second or third gen it wasn't the one that had all the buttons around the click wheel it had just basically the wheel with the buttons like built right into it um it was, i think it was maybe the first one i had might have been one of the uh earlier ipod photos oh okay i think the first one i had was a it was i don't know what it would have been like title wise it was definitely like a 30 gig one because my when my zen vision m died that didn't last very long it was like a year where those were a thing and then they went away and you mm. couldn't replace it, but I had like uh, back when Future Shop would make you buy those like plans to like replacement plans or whatever. That was yeah. probably the only piece of kit I've ever bought that I actually bought that fucking replacement plan for. And <laughs> I ended up getting at least three free iPods out of it because nice. my, when my, my Zen died, I replaced it and they gave me an iPod for like nothing. And yeah. then that iPod died and like the screen got went to shit. So they replaced that one again. And then um, I got another replacement. And that's something that they actually upped me from a 30 to an 80 gig because that was the lowest one they had at the time. And then I, I think the last one, the I only ever had to yeah. buy one iPod like again, new. And that was when I bought my iPod, like once the last iPod Classic, 160. That was mm-hmm. the last one I actually bought. Which I still, yeah. well, I don't have it, but like I think my mom or dad are using it now. So that one's still kicking. That's the one that I did the SSD replacement on it though. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I, I'm on probably my fourth or fifth iPod right now and I've the last two or three have been like the 160 gig I quote unquote iPod classic yeah. and uh yeah as as I've talked about on the podcast before I did that SSD replacement on mine recently too and it's been working a lot better lately it still fucks up once in a while but it's pretty rare so 
pretty happy with it for the moment, and it's nice because I've got everything in kind of one place. That's uh, kind of how I feel about like I I fought for a long time with the iPhone sizes because like when they I first got into iPhone it was iPhone five and it was a sixty four bit or sixty four gig was the biggest you could get, and that was nowhere near enough for me to carry all my music, so I was still tar- carrying my classic around with me. But when the six came out, mm-hmm. they had one hundred twenty eight gig. And I got one of those, and I was like, it more or less did the job. It didn't have all like the weird little like nits and bits that I'll like to have with me at some points, like live stuff that I'll carry with me. So I'd have to be a little bit more selective. But now I've got 256 gigs in my phone, and I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm fine. I'm totally fine now. Like It's enough that I can do all my phone stuff and still have 180 gigs worth of like music space, ostensibly, to play with. So yeah, that's kind of made a big difference like that yeah. way. But you just stream everything now, Christy? I pretty much stream everything. I um, If there's something that's really special to me, um, I tend to want to buy it on vinyl now. Mm, um, yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. I just find that vi- it, it feels... CDs to me feel, you know, cheap. Not that they are cheap, but it just it doesn't feel, I don't know, sustainable almost. Well, it's all plastic, right? Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. that... I mean, not that vinyl's not plastic, but you get, like, the nice sleeve, the big sleeve, but, and stuff like that. And Well, vinyl's also more archival, right? Like, a CD yeah. will fuck up over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, vinyl, uh, vinyl record... Well. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, vinyl, you know, there's still fucking 100-year-old vinyl albums that will play fine kind of thing. Yeah. But, and plus, it's not like I actually listen to any of the vinyl. Like, I have a turntable, but I don't use it, like, that often. It's very rare that I'll be, like, I'll go through the effort of putting vinyl on that's why i was so excited like uh, mark and christy have a giant like one of those old um like console sized um turntable setups mm-hmm. that i don't know where they got but it was still in working condition mark was playing records on it last night and uh just being able to like go over there and he was like yo throw on whatever you want and just like flipping through his vinyl and like pu- pu- pulling a disc and like putting it on and like putting the yeah. needle down i was like that, that's a nice feeling still to me so yeah yeah well that's we've got why that. for a while oh sorry go on Go ahead. I was going to say, for a while, um, we had his giant arcade thing on top of the record player, and it was driving me nuts because I couldn't move it because it was too heavy. And, yeah. you know, if I want to listen to records. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he's he got a really rad record collection. Like, he's he was really into it. We actually found that one by accident. We didn't even pay for yeah. it. This guy was like cleaning out his house and we found some end tables on his lawn and we were like, "Ooh, end tables." So Mark like stopped to grab them. The guy runs out and goes, "Hey, hey, wait. You guys seem cool. Do you want a record player?" And Mark was just like, "What?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like we took this old-style cabinet record player and it's like works perfectly. It's got a bit of a tinny sound, but that's almost part of the charm. Actually, yeah. it didn't sound. It sounded pretty good when you guys like when he had he had turned it up. But before you came home, like we were talking about it, like he was telling me that story, like about how you guys got yeah. it. But I was like, crank it, like turn it up a little bit, because like these guys are just talking about show or like whatever show they're in this week, and nobody cares. So like, turn it up a little bit. Hey, because <laughs> so okay. he had that Al Green album on, so I was like, turn it up. I want to hear like what it sounds like, and like it sounded pretty good. Like I was pretty surprised by like how a very warm sound, like compared to what you would be used to. Like, those are big speakers that are in that fucking unit, so they sound yeah. pretty good. Yeah, no, it's really oh, cool. cool. I, and that's 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 why, yeah. like, if I'm going to get something that um, I want to have a physical copy of, then I, I, I'll i get the vinyl. And that's just a decision yeah. I made within the last year, because I just don't buy CDs. Yeah. I end up buying stuff, like, three times now when I buy stuff. Like, 
a lot of stuff I don't even bother buying because I'm like I'll stream it or I'm downloading it or whatever. But stuff that I do end up buying, I'll buy like the CD copy like when it comes out so that I get the digital download available with it. But then I'm like a couple mm-hmm. like a, a month or two later they'll be like, oh, we're putting it on vinyl too, and I'll be like, fuck. fine, fuck, fine, I'll yeah. buy it. So. And then I'll get weird re-releases of stuff like Matthew Good just put all the Matthew Good band albums out on vinyl. Um, mm-hmm. So I bought like all well he put he put out four of the five or something like that. I'm still waiting for the audio of being, but I have like Ghetto Astronauts, Underdogs, Raygun, and Beautiful Midnight all on vinyl that they put out last year. So like he's artists like that that I follow around a lot, which is another topic that we'll probably have to do at some point. Like our actual like the artists that like we listen to and have consistently listened to through most of our lives. Yeah. Um, outside of the album stuff, like those I'll buy on vinyl. So like I've got all my Pearl Jam on vinyl. I've got all my Matthew Good as much as I can get on vinyl. Um, Deftones, I've bought all of their stuff now on vinyl. I'm trying to think if there's anything that's missing from that run. I don't know. There probably is. And like Queens of the Stone Age, that kind of stuff, like stuff that's really important to me that I, I've always listened to or had copies of. Like the stuff that I would put on my smallest MP3 player, that stuff, I have it on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a record player now, too. Well, we, so when my grandparents passed away, they had this old, like, fucking probably 50 year old, something like that, hi fi. Yeah. Uh, that did have, uh, it had, you know, the, uh, radio tuner and it also had the turntable in it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the turntable on it is seized and I can't oh. figure out how to fix it and I haven't been able to find anywhere that would fix it. But, uh, I was able to, um, just run cables to an external turntable instead yeah. through it. Mm. So, uh, so now we've j- just got one of those little, I don't know if you've seen the little like Crowley, like, uh, portable, um, record players. Yep. And we've yeah, just got that sitting on top and with the cables running through it. So we can still listen to it through the hi-fi or I can nice. run it through like our whole, you know, music or whole, uh, home theater system as well if i want to but it's got a beautiful like that hi-fi has a really nice like old um just really warm tube feel to it yeah i was gonna say it's probably all tube it's all probably all tube amps and stuff like that right yeah yeah exactly so and uh alicia i don't know two or three years ago i guess maybe about three years ago now we started sort of actively collecting vinyl um I had a couple of albums that I'd like bought at concerts and stuff like that. Like, uh, the one that jumps to mind is I had, uh, um, Navy blues, the Sloan yeah. album, the double Sloan album on, uh, yeah. on vinyl that I got signed by, I think all of them. Uh, maybe not. I was missing maybe one. Uh, I just saw, I and, just saw they, uh, they announced a bunch of shows for the summer, eh? Like Sloan's touring the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I didn't. Yeah. See they're exactly good to where. see. They always yeah. put on a good show. I saw them at the Palais Royale on those uh, shows. Yeah, yeah. That they, I remember you talk, talking about that. Um, yep. Yeah, I had, um, I had an ex that was like an insane slow fan that uh, made me like I don't like them because of that. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. And then from there, like Alicia, I mean, we would just buy albums once in a while. And then one year, Alicia um, bought me as many of my like sort of albums that i would say you know this is in my top 10 albums kind of thing as she could find uh so it was like okay computer and um the first two weezer albums and i can't remember what the other ones were but uh one of them was i've got uh the first two vampire weekend albums i've got random access memories by daft punk uh and then i've started buying her albums as well so i bought her uh 
the downward spiral and uh, uh, Santeria and uh, what else? Uh, Trench has re- uh, reissued all of his stuff on vinyl. I think like you could just get the Fragile for the first time. Yeah, I know. Just just after I bought, yeah, just after I bought her Downward Spiral, they reissued all of those on updated yeah, I ordered, vinyl. But I ordered like remastered um, or whatever. Yeah, he remastered because I got I ordered a couple of them, like just the albums, not like single stuff, but like yeah. that and the slip. I think I grabbed like Fragile Downward Spiral. Nice. Yeah, and the uh, other thing, yeah. Let's see. And the other thing that I, I have started buying just like if I'm ever in like an old like thrift store or something like that, I'll go through and try and find like old like uh swing albums and stuff like that. Um or also like old uh I've got a real thing for old like Hawaiian like uh tiki kind of music as well. So okay. I'll just dig through and you know, a lot of the time they've got them for like a couple bucks or something like that. So yeah. I'll I'll pick them up just for the fun and the kitsch of it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So we've got them in these really nice, like old uh, sort of mid-century record cabinets that also came from my grandparents as well. Nice. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much I can't think of anything else like music-wise that we could talk about there. The, well, the most, the most oh, ridiculous wanna, thing can for we, me... Can we, can we talk about your MP3 sorting? Can we actually go, th- go through yeah. this? I'm really curious yeah, about this. Because you talked about it yesterday in the group <laughs> chat, and I was like... Tim does everything in like <laughs> the most meticulously OCD way I've ever yeah. heard anybody approach anything ever. And the this is like, no I'm, fucking. I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about like my MP3 sorting and like how my CDs are stacked and like everything being sorted. I've gone away from it a little bit as I've gotten older because I don't collect as much stuff like that anymore. But I know Tim is like, I don't want to say insane. But <laughs> at least very OCD about certain things. And it always makes me laugh yeah. when he tells me like how he sorts this stuff or like, <laughs> so I want to hear this story. Yeah. So, I mean, this is basically since I started collecting music in sort of MP3 form, I've always been really sort of anal in terms of how it's organized. Um, and I've always wanted to have it like really tightly uh, sorted in terms of like artist and genre and uh, the files labeled certain ways and stuff like that. And over time, as sort of how I've acquired music has changed and uh, it's it's just gotten worse and had more and more and more sort of layers added to it. So at this point in time, the way that I sort of consume and uh, uh, sort and uh, file away and organize my new music goes like this. Uh, I'll download it from wherever, whether it's ripped from a CD or uh, torrented or whatever, and uh, it goes into a file that's called like Music to Sort, uh, which is on a separate hard drive from all the rest of my music just because of historical reasons, basically. And then from there, uh, anytime that I want to bring in a bunch of new stuff to like sort of go through and be like, okay, this is what I want to keep, this is what I throw away, I'll grab a bunch of stuff, whether it's like a bunch of music from a certain year or a discography from an entire artist. Or if it's just a bunch of like random stuff, I'll be like, okay, I've got a bunch of random albums from artists starting in a, I'll pull all those over into a uh, file folder within like my iTunes music folder that is labeled like to sort, whatever the artist name is or whatever the letter is or whatever the year is. Then it goes into iTunes 
and for, uh, into a specific playlist that's like labeled, you know, to sort whatever. And then from there, it now goes into TuneUp. Uh, do you guys know what TuneUp is? I, no. I've heard of it. Remember those Bismarcky ads? Yeah. <laughs> so TuneUp is basically um, a, a metadata cleanup software. So you put your music files in there and it will go through and figure out like, you know, what album it came from and whatever. Cause half the time the shit you get is like labeled wrong or whatever. And so it goes in a tune up, tune up, you know, goes through and figures out what song it actually is that you've downloaded. If it's labeled wrong or whatever. Um, and it's actually really good. Like even if you have something that is just labeled like artist track nine kind of thing, um, it uh, will actually kind of like Shazam or Soundhound will do now. It will actually like read the song and be like, okay, this is this track from this album. Um, and then from there I have to go through and check for duplicates because half the time I've got a couple of the songs that I've downloaded already. Cause I've downloaded a whole album and whatever. I've already got a couple of the songs off of it. And then I need to, you know, figure out which version I want to keep. And then it all goes onto my iPod, and as I go through and listen to it on the iPod, uh, on the playlist, I will, uh, if I like it, I'll rate it, you know, two, three, four, five stars, whatever. If I don't like it, I'll put it on a uh, uh, on-the-go playlist, because that's one of the things I don't like about iTunes, what, as we were talking about earlier, was that you can't fucking edit things on the go. So if there's something I don't like, I'll put it on an on-the-go playlist. If <laughs> if it's something that I highly suspect I already have, because my music library is so big, it's hard for me to tell sometimes, I'll put it on the on-the-go playlist twice in a row to mark this might be a duplicate. <laughs> if it's oh, a uh, <laughs> if it's if it's a file, yeah. <laughs> I told you this shit's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> If it's uh, if it's a file that's got a problem, like it's, you're a fucking crazy person. If it's a file that's um, like truncated or like is corrupt or something like that, or like uh, has like a bubble in it, kind of thing. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say like a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it, it got ripped weird or something, yeah. and there's you know a point or a skip point in the song or something like that. Then yeah. I'll put it on the playlist three times to mark it as a problem file that I need to re-download. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, and then I bring the flat. So then I've got all these on the go playlists, and I bring those back into iTunes, and I'll go through those playlists and the stuff that's entered once, I'll delete. The stuff that has uh, that's entered twice, I'll go through and I'll check if it actually is a duplicate or not. And if it's entered three times, then I'll mark it that I need to re-download it or that it's incomplete or whatever. Uh, and. Once it's all sorted like that, then I have to go through and make sure that the metadata and everything is all good, which isn't as big an issue now that I've used TuneUp for a few years. Uh, although there's still certain things that like I like to have my own way rather than the way that TuneUp does them. Um, <laughs> like I don't like having all the artists, like people that wrote the songs and shit like that information. I don't know why, just because I never have. And I like to label the genres myself, because I don't like the genres system that yeah, that's TuneUp fair. uses. No, I the same thing with the genres. Um, genres, and I have, uh, 
I like to. There was a thing about the old iPods um, versus. It's not as bad with the mod, like the phones now, but like on the iPods, and I got into this habit because of my brother Paul, who will agree with me um, eventually. And it's to put the uh, album year before the album title. So, like, if you go through my collection and like you click Pearl Jam, it'll be Mm. like Pearl Jam, and then like the first entry will be 1991 10, and like it'll have the album title. Just so that back in the day on the old iPods, it would sort them alphabetically, which drove me nuts because I want them chronologically. So, I would go back and like retag all the titles to have like the year first and then go through. Hmm. Which is problematic when you start yeah, getting weird so, hits and singles and stuff like that, but eh, it's be- it's better than nothing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, um, yeah. The other thing for me that's tricky is like I always want an uh, a song tagged, even if like I downloaded it on a greatest hits or whatever. I'll want to go back and um, have it sorted and have like the year on it be like when it was actually released. Yeah, yeah. So that because oh. I've got like smart playlists that are for like all of the music from the seventies or all of my music from the forties or fifties yeah. or sixties or whatever, and I want it to show up in the right place um, in those smart playlists. And then so once I've got the music all sorted like that, and I've deleted the stuff I don't want, then I have to go through. I said do the metadata, and then uh, it's a matter of uh, going through and renaming the file. Because I always and and Mark, you're probably like this too, or at least were at one point, where I always want the the file format or the f- file name to be in the same format. Oh yeah, um, I'm not as bad about that as I used to be. I'm still pretty mm-hmm. like meticulous about like if you go into my music folder, it's still like the top folder is the artist, and then like it for like a general artist that I only have like albums of, it'll just be like it's the same thing where like the folder itself will be like year dash album title. And then you go inside and it's track number album title or a uh, song title. And that's it in the MP3 yeah. on the MP3 file tag. I don't want anything else in there because everything else should be in the folder structure to me. Anyway, that's the way I look at it. It gets a little bit more weird with bands where I have like, like a Pearl jam or a Queens of the stone age or like Matthew good, where I have a lot of bootleg stuff too. Like I have live yeah. where that's when it starts getting broken out into like, um, like albums it's got the date and well it'll have like i'll have them broken into separate folders like it'll be like artist and then it'll be like uh studio albums live albums and then like miscellaneous weird stuff like that kind of like singles and that kind of stuff will get like delineated that way yeah and then it'll get sorted in i might even change so like my pearl jam bootleg specifically i'll actually have the artist it'll be pearl jam and then in brackets or like whatever the the year of the tour will be in there so it'll be pearl jam 2009 and then all that means all that tour will fall under that artist editing all the Mm -hmm. time so and then i just have the dates of the tour and then like i'm really picky about the pearl jam ones particularly so it'll be like a particular format of date so like year month day and then city city state or like city country or whatever like city province depending on where they're playing and then i'll have the venue name yeah, in that I th- file name too yeah <laughs> goodbye everybody sorry i'm bitching out <laughs> it's been oh, uh it's been a busy busy week and we're having some technical difficulties that i'll try yeah. to edit around but chrissy's gonna have take out for the night and then- all right so we just went off on a tangent about my ridiculous pearl jam mp3 tagging insanity um but tim you wanted to finish your point we've said goodbye to christy unfortunately we're having some technical issues here so we kind of like let christy go to bed because she's falling asleep at her microphone and stuff so 
good but yeah, times. my my uh, my file naming is not quite as anal as yours. It's basically just I I just name uh, all my files that I want to keep as like artist uh, artist dash song name song title, uh, and then oh. from there they get they get sorted into a I've got my music folder. Uh, sorted into like I don't know six or seven different like sort of really general genres, and then uh, a bunch of artist folders under those. So then the file goes into the appropriate artist folder, and that is, you know, that's my really simple uh, uh, protocol for sorting music. That's <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah, it's just just like that. You know, just uh, step one through thirty six. And you're done. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought mine was I thought mine was pretty crazy. Like, I guess I have some stuff that's a little weird for like my um, like my the, the the bigger artists where I have lots of stuff, but that's more just like there's hundred eighteen different versions of a single song or whatever. Yeah, because of the live stuff and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it it makes it a little bit easier to manage if I'm that meticulous about it. But like other stuff, I don't have anywhere near that big a thing. I'm just like download it, make sure it's tagged the way I like it. Move it over to that artist folder, import it into into music, uh, iTunes. Make sure it's got album art because I'm big on having my album art nice and high res. And then yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I do. Yeah. So like that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, Tuna's pretty good for that too, for grabbing uh, album art for songs where it's missing and that sort of thing. So uh, Tune Up has has helped me a lot uh, in yeah. in uh, in terms of uh, you know making sure that it's the correct version of the song and stuff. There are still a lot of songs where like. I'll download it and well, maybe not a lot, but some songs where I'll download it and tune up can't even identify it. So I'll have to like play it and Shazam it to figure out what the actual like track name is or whatever. Or like I'm trying to figure out what you're what you're downloading that like it requires you to like use a third party listening app to like sort out what the file is. Like I don't know what you're because like most of the stuff I'm downloading, I know what I'm downloading. Like I downloaded Mastodon this week, so like the files are tagged. I I listen to them once to make sure that it's like actually the new Mastodon album and then call it a day. So you were talking about something. Uh yeah, the naming. No, that was I think it was basically it. I was just saying that that is the extent of my ridiculous uh music cataloging and sorting and everything so any people out there if you ever feel like you're just going into too much detail or or whatever know that there are other people out there that go to the same lengths and that are just as anal i don't think uh our anal retentive album sorting uh whatever you want to call it logic as uh by any means a rarity at this point. I think there's a lot of people who have the same kind of weird compulsion that we do. Um, it'd be really yeah. nice if Chris, you were still here to make fun of us for how OCD we are about it, but what <laughs> are you going like, to do? Go just stream everything. Yeah, just use the cloud. Yeah. Everything's, everything's on Spotify. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. So why don't we, why don't we get out of this fucking like technological nightmare we're having tonight and uh, we'll <laughs> call it a night. I've got a nice little present for everybody that Tim's going to listen to now. And I'm going to put at the end of the episode about Christy and her, uh, impossible decision between Harry Potter erotica and her clitoris, which is really quite entertaining. <laughs> so that's going to be our little good night tonight. So thank you for listening. Hopefully this comes out in the editing wash 
relatively cleanly and you guys don't even notice that we had any problems until I tell you right now at the end of the episode that we had tons of problems recording. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, though, guys. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, or any else place else you get your podcast love. Um, you can give us, please give us a like on our Facebook page or facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast or send us an email. Let us know about uh, how anal retentive you are when it comes to tagging your MP3s. Uh, if you have anything weird you do, that would be awesome to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of us will check it at least once a month, so that'll kind of happen eventually. But uh, come join our Facebook page and let us know. Uh, so I'm going to say goodnight for Christy. And, and a, do you want to do like a super high voice? Like, bye guys! Like kind of thing. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Um, so that's Christy saying goodbye. I'm Mark. Have a saying. Have a good night, Sam. You want to tell them to go home? Go, yeah. Go home. Go to bed. Send. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is the end of the podcast, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what do you? It's mean? okay. It's all good. If I, <laughs> be careful what you say. I mean, if I'm being real with myself. I do have a big old crush on Robert Pattinson. I do! Yeah, yeah. I say it! Yeah, good. I'll say it! I'm proud of you. This is courageous. I'm looking at you because I can't look at anyone else. I'm not shame. But are you getting there without? But I get to feeling my feelings about Robert Pattinson because of my clitoris. Exactly. Nana, don't listen! <laughs> no, this is this is this I is always every amount of bits, including my clitoris. I only got one. Does she have a clitoris? No, Mark. Sure. good question. <laughs> Mark, Mark, shh, shh, shh. He's listening. He's Fire. listening. Fire. He's Fire. listening. I have a very important question and you need to answer it knowing how much you love me and how much our real relationship matters oh shit I need to answer it not babe for me answer honestly don't answer because of what you think. Answer because of what you know. <laughs> Listen to the goddamn podcast, then you monsters. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. What's the gift that keeps on giving for me? And it. Think about this. <laughs> think about it. Don't answer right away. Is it the clitoris? Or Harry Potter erotica. Oh god. <laughs> 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 and Harry Potter erotica. I don't want you to win that game. <laughs> 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 <laughs>